0: Welcome back, everybody. This is the Church Leaders Roundtable podcast, and I'm Sarah, here with my lovely co-host, Kevin. Hey, everybody. Stacy. Hey, guys. Darren. Hey, yo. And this week, we have a guest, Emily. Hello. So, Emily, why don't you introduce yourself? Give us, like, a fun fact about you.
1: Hi. I'm st- Still, Emily. <laughs> um, I am currently living in Southwest Florida. I am active in my church through the, our prayer teams and our, um, you know, singing and all of that. Um, helped out with the youth for a bit pre-COVID, <laughs> pre-COVID, um, and then um, fun fact: um, I have this cat that I've raised since birth. And when he was uh, three months old, he uh, saved my life from a fire in my apartment. Wow.
0: You have to tell us more about that.
1: So So, um, when I was um, just after college, um, you know, I was living in an off-campus apartment. I had a job in town. And, you know, as someone who is basically still college age, I was still living in the college-level apartments, (laughs) And so, you know, landlord was totally on top of maintenance,
2: right? <laughs> you um, then your sarcasm voice.
1: No, <laughs> sarcasm's a sin, y'all. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I can't see that with a straight face. I like her. Emily uh, fits
2: in perfectly with the rest of us.
1: <laughs> <right>. No. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, um, there was some faulty wiring in my stove. Of course, um, I was doing dishes and I left all my dishes on stop to dry because I wasn't using the stove and it exploded into flames. Like I have some pictures of the flames and like of how badly it was burned. It was horrible. Um, And um, I passed out from smoke inhalation because all of my Tupperware uh, was on top and melted. And that's a lot of smoke. Um and my cat, three months at the time, uh, ran over to me and swiped my face with his claws until I woke up and helped me get up and then um out of the fire. That's an awesome cat. Wow. He, he does his best.
2: You know, people people hope that they have dogs that good. Like cats don't even right. enter the conversation. Right. And cats you're just beating everybody out. out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cats save your
1: life. That's huge.
0: That's awesome.
2: That is.
1: He's also a registered therapy cat. Uh, I didn't even know cats could be a registered mm-hmm. therapy cat. Yeah. Uh, when he was a kitten at the same time, I was working at um, a domestic violence shelter and I brought him to work every day to play with the kids or to be brought nice. in for therapy sessions or lawyer sessions as a therapy aide. So it's, hey, it's socialized him. He now likes people.
3: <laughs> Wonderful
2: more than we can say for, well, at least for me. (laughs) So
0: this week on Church Leaders Roundtable podcast, we are continuing the conversation um, on race and the church um, and the different nuances of how our experiences have been um, and how we feel the church can improve. Um, specifically around inclusivity. So, um, Emily, I'm curious, how do you identify yourself racially, your ethnicity? What's your story?
1: So I am Ojibwe. Um, It's part of Chippewa, like um, the American, like uh, it's hard to explain some ways. We are the Ojibwe tribe or the Ashinaabe. Um, Ashinaabe is the, uh, the Ojibwe word for ourselves. Ojibwe is the word that, you know, we're like, okay, that's cool. That works. Um, Chippewa is the bastardization, um, for people who couldn't spell.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: You know, when they, when like, they first met our tribe, they're like, what's your name? And we, we answered like, oh, Chippewa, which meant like, we're the fishers. And they're like, ah, that's who they are. And didn't ask any more questions. And then they couldn't spell, so they wrote it down like C-H-I-P-V-E-W-A instead of like asking uh, how to spell. Yeah. So, you know, we do what we can. Um, but I am um, Ojibwa. Um, I often identify myself. I am open about that fact, but I am aware of the fact that I am considered a pale-skinned indigenous person. Um, I mean, a lot of that's due to the a lot of the cult genocide that happened with a lot of indigenous groups, especially in that area of the country. Um, but, you know, I am an active part of the tribe. I'm a card carry member of it and I am an active participant. I've even done some things such as getting my spirit animal and getting my, you know, my tribal, my, like my, my name from the tribe um, as an adult. So I've done a lot of things, um, but I also know that I am often viewed as white or pale. So it's kind of a weird mixture.
0: Has that experience um, or how has that experience been for you? Like being, I mean, I, I call it white passing. I don't know if you have yeah. a different term because I experienced the same. Um, but how's that experience been for you?
1: It's, it's stressful in its own special way. Um, because like the thing is, is that, you know, um, at one point I know that some of my other friends who are just, you know, just white are like, you know, it's kind of hard. Like I want to speak up, but I don't want to be speaking over, mm. you know, I, I don't want to be seen as the white knight or the white savior complex, but at the same point, like I meanwhile view it as I actually personally understand the issues and I can get away with being annoying.
2: so you know uh, yeah because like
1: I I very deeply understand why these social issues are wrong because they happen to my family Mm -hmm. like my mother is the youngest of her siblings she's the only one able to have children because both of my aunts were sterilized as babies due to the sterilization process in Michigan in this in the 60s in indigenous hospitals by the American Indian, like part of the government. They went in and sterilized babies. So there couldn't be more indigenous kids. Mm -hmm. And my mom's the only one able to have children in our family. Mm -hmm. So like, I obviously very strongly feel about what I like how to help and I can get away with it because most people see me as just another white girl
2: what um what part of the country are you in?
1: Um I live in South Florida, but my tribe and my my res uh, my reservation I'm part of is in the u p of Michigan and half in Canada, half in Michigan
2: okay. awesome and did you did you grow up in South Florida or were you traveling back and forth?
1: I was born in Florida, but I was actually raised in Connecticut because of military my my stepdad built submarines my whole childhood. Cool.
2: Gotcha. So were you were you like a military kid, like on base and that kind of experience? Or We what lived was that off
1: like? base um, and my dad was specialized enough that we just stayed there. OK, Um, because he built submarines, you know, and that's the submarine base. <laughs> right. So luckily I had a pretty stable childhood. I stayed the same place. Everyone else around me moved all the time but i stayed in the same place um i have a lot of family in michigan we made sure to go back there every summer to experience family and go up to the tribe when we could um and my brother actually now lives in that area meanwhile i just live down south in florida with some of the other family members but luckily like i live with my grandmother and she's actually an elder of the tribe so i can chat with her about things
2: gotcha so um, sometimes when we're growing up, um, our families kind of respond to whatever our, our racial or ethnic heritage yeah. is yeah. in different ways. For me, I grew up in a school where I learned about my racial history. I grew up with parents, especially my mom, who would you know challenge all the, the concerns images of whiteness and be like nope we're gonna we're gonna make some of these people brown um what was it like for you what was what was your how did your family kind of hand on your uh identity to you
1: it was a strange mix um so the thing is is that i growing up in connecticut it's it's pretty it's pretty white in case you didn't know shocking.
3: (laughs) not just in the winter
1: (laughs) <laughs> I know, <laughs> but anyways, um, but we were like 10 minutes away from Ohegan Sun and Foxwoods, which are literally the two biggest casinos in the country. Um, and those are very proudly indigenous and they gave a lot of their money to the school systems because they're like, yo, if our kids are going to your school, you're going to teach them good. Yeah. And they actually gave, like, a ton of their profits to our school system in exchange for teaching legitimate Native history. Wow. So, you know, they were like, Mm-mm. y'all going to teach the actual story of Pocahontas or you ain't getting our three mil. You what know, like, that? so talks. we, yeah, so we actually got, like... You know, like, the town I grew up in is called Mystic, and I learned in sixth grade, it was uh, actually, it was built on the remains of the tribal village of Missituk after they were slaughtered by the whites. Like, I learned that growing up. Um, However, on the other hand, going off of the continuing medical stuff, my parents continuously were like, you are native, but you gotta be quiet. (laughs) Wow. Because, like you know like it's scary especially since it's so like so personal of a thing you know we couldn't you know we couldn't so much like um pretend or be like oh that's the others no it happened to us so like you know like doctors' things. my mom's like you're gonna mark white on your doctor form. you're going to mark white on this but then at the same point oh. i remember i would watch like because you know we have to stay safe indigenous people don't get pain meds Mm -hmm. you have to lie if you're gonna get pain meds Mm -hmm. so you know i had to mark white for that because i had chronic pain issues growing up um but then i just remember one of the greatest things and it stuck with me forever is like i have a lot of freckles i know you guys can't see this it is in an audio format (laughs) (laughs) i have (laughs) i have a lot of freckles off and down my skin and i just remember one day i was trying to talk to my mom about like the confusion of like at home we're very open about our identity but outside we are not Mm -hmm. and my mom was like you see all these freckles that's your indigenous skin trying to out against the cultural genocide we had awesome like that is your ancestry breaking through the whiteness that was forced on us um and that and then continuing on, like my grandmother still has so many scars because she's one of the like she was one of these the the Indian school children. Yeah. Um, where the kids were taken from the reservation and thrown into like sporting schools and literally beaten and had their heads shaved if they tried fighting. Um, the system. And so like my grandmother still like cringes if I talk about being indian in public
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's how weird old were you when you how old were you when you realized that 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 you were indian and that that was maybe different than other people around you
1: i've always known i i mean i'm I, obviously i didn't like be born being like yo i'm indigenous um but I don't really remember my mom sitting down and having, like, a deep, like, conversation about who I was, because I just always knew, like, my name is Emily. I'm indigenous. (laughs) Like, that's just a thing. She's like, our people live in Michigan. We're just here. It's okay.
2: And were, was was your family, um, you know, feel free to push back or back away from any of these yeah. questions, but uh, was your family white passing or did you look like your family? Were there any differences there?
1: Thing is that I look exactly like my mother. We're twins. Um, And the thing is, even my grandmother, who is like fully indigenous, who is fully Ojibwe, she is just as pale as me. Um, our tribe is from the UP of Michigan. You don't exactly think yeah. of dark-skinned people from <laughs> Michigan for multiple reasons. The only time that we look dark is if we've been outside, <laughs> and that's like our elders, like the people who are a hundred percent like none of us are dark-skinned, which is an added layer of like of like racial identity like issues of like wait no like. I am definitely like, I'm a good percentage indigenous and my mother is and my grandmother's like fully and chat all the time. But like, even she's pasty white, (laughs) but it's, it's once again, a lot of people view being Indian as like a monolith. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, what do you mean? The Inuit aren't exactly the same as the Pueblo. And I'm like, y'all one's in Alaska and one's in fricking New Mexico. (laughs) do you think they might be different Maybe. like do it you think the inuit also worship quetzalcoatl like what do you think's going down here
2: but <laughs> on tv they're all the same right. on TV, they're voiced by the same white guy
1: oh my gosh yeah or like oh my gosh my mom actually i remember what clearly the first time my mom went home and went what the frick white people and it was she came home, she's like, okay, so I got a coworker, and I was talking to them about our new friend, Sheila, and she's Indian. She's from India. And my coworker was like, dot our feather. First wow. of all, that's that's racist, don't do it, in case you were wondering. Wow. But second of all, not all tribes used feathers.
2: That part. Mm.
1: Yeah. Like also, like, like it's ugh, more things, like, dream catchers are actually very sacred to my tribe in particular and none mm-hmm. others.
2: You mean we all shouldn't run out and get dream catcher tattoos? What?
1: Only if you want nightmares.
2: It's <laughs> that, so so that's tat- <laughs>
1: kind like of... Or, you
0: know, just any old store?
1: Yeah, no, I actually have a dream catcher that my grandmother made on the day of my birth, and it's, like, made of, like... It's made of like birch that she shredded and like pu- like made into this beautiful shape. And I'm like, yeah, this is a dream catcher because it was made the right way yeah. and it doesn't have Eeyore somehow on it.
2: Right. right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's that. And then also, like, teepees are only for like the Sioux or the Hopi. Like,
3: mm-hmm. oh,
1: we are a monolith. <laughs> Like, the idea that everyone thinks the same or, like, they literally covered three continents.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, just, you know, and thousands like, of years right. of history there.
1: Yeah, so, and from yeah. the Arctic to the Antarctic. Do you think, like, like, y'all get mad when you try saying that Georgia's, like, Connecticut. And, like, yet you think that the Inuits are, like, like the Aztecs?
2: You preaching <laughs> a good sermon right now. Yes, yeah, yeah, she right. is. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I've had a lot of opinions on this.
2: And bring them, we bring love them it. all. Bring them we We'll just love edit it down to fit them all. We'll just cut ourselves out and we'll give you the whole show and exactly. it'll be awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. But the thing is but there are some actually like there are some shared aspects and unfortunately most of them are because of colonialism. Mm-hmm. Right. You know the idea that first of all we all are mo- we all are a monolith and therefore they treated us all the same. Mm-hmm. Or just res things like i actually went to the the youth pastors um convention in tampa last year Mm -hmm. um because that was pre-covid so i was doing that (laughs) and i got so excited because i went there and there was a native american table there it was a church from the pacific northwest who does like ministry with the local res kids
2: and by res you mean what
1: reservation, um, without distinguishing their culture. So like talking about their cultures and the importance and the depth of their cultural languages while also talking about the gospel, which is cool. Um, but I saw them and I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to talk to you. And the first thing they did when I showed them, when I was like, Oh my gosh, Bozo, uh, which is hello in Ojibwe, different for them, but still they're like, they immediately, ran to the back of their booth, scuffled through some things and pulled out a tray and they said, We're making fry bread in 20.
2: Nice. Right.
1: We <laughs> did fry bread so good. <laughs> but it's a res kid thing because it's be and it's the only reason it's a monolithic, you know, um Native American thing is because the US rations were so bad. Right. That all we could make was fry bread.
2: <laughs> yeah there There's so much that gets passed down that way. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. so so we've gotten a little bit about your history and and how you came to have your family identity. What was church like? What how Tell us that story?
1: A lot of the times, I was okay playing just the white girl because I just didn't want to deal with things. <laughs> I have to admit that it was really easy to just slip in. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same point, I've always been loud and obnoxious. <laughs> yeah so um i also took control of most things i was in <laughs> like uh in high how school to do things the right way <laughs> that's correct <Yeah>. um <laughs> can you tell i am both an entj and an enneagram eight
2: i was just about to I, I ask was what out. i was Yes. And you're cool. probably 8 wing 7. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. <laughs> okay. the Lord. All right. We got this. But what what was this church context? What what kind of church was it? Who what kind of people attended this church? Tell us.
1: Okay, so I went to two main churches growing up. The first one was this Presbyterian church we went to. Um, we started go- <laughs> We started going because my, my brother's best friend was the pastor's son. Okay. the reason i say it that way is because how they became best friends oh no um when my brother was we were church hopping for a few years but then my brother in middle school accidentally almost poked out this kid's eye with a pair of scissors wow. and they became best friends
2: that's how boys work um Some boys. but
1: the thing is my brother Some like boys. my brother Some was boys. trying to get up like my brother was a very gentle soul child and my brother was trying to get up, and this other kid, Josh, was sprinting around the classroom full speed, tripped over my brother's leg, and then landed on his pencil. Um, my brother admitted to stabbing the kid's eye up because in his brain, his anxiety brain, that's what happened. But to literally everyone else, it was not his
2: fault. <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: And so, but then I just remember a week later, we're out to dinner, we're like getting Chinese food, and two tables down is the parents and they're just glaring the whole time.
3: Oh my gosh.
1: And then my brother became his best friend and we started going to church there.
0: Um All right.
1: but then we left. Uh that's a um I don't know if this story is okay for your podcast, you but can we get left. In,
2: you can get in as as much depth as you want or stay as surface level as, as you feel the need to.
1: No, 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 no. I don't mean because of depth. <laughs> uh,
2: already, just, we already we uh, already have an explicit go label. Just go for it. Good. Okay, yeah.
1: okay. There's an explicit label. Okay. Yeah. So my mother. <laughs>
2: <laughs> explicit.
1: <laughs> so um, we were going to this church. We were members of this church. And then it was my mom and dad's turn to do like the fellowship hall, like food and like coffee, you know, okay. the fellowship hour afterward. Fine. Um, so, like the week before, it was their turn. They're like, "Oh, can you guys stay after for a little bit just so we can show you where everything is and go over the specifics?" Fine. My mom and dad show up. They're like, "Oh, hello, hello." And they turn to my dad and they go, "Well, this is how you use the coffee machine." And my dad was like, "Okay." And my they turn to my mom and they go, "Now this is the sandwiches we want you to make." And my mother froze. <laughs> my mother by the way is an english professor um my mother froze and looked at them and said you you know mark that's my stepdad you know mark won like the cooking competition at our church last year why is he making the coffee and i'm making the sandwiches is it because i'm a woman
3: Oh. Is it because
1: I'm a woman? Is it? Is there a magical thing that makes me better at making egg salad sandwiches? Is there a hand that comes out of my vagina and makes a better sandwich? Because if so, my mother never taught me this, and I am very disappointed with her and we will have that chat with her. I do not understand why you're having me make the sandwiches. I like your mom. I like I, the way she
2: it. We, <laughs> um, we need to get your mom on the podcast. Clearly. Bye. Um,
1: let's go.
2: <laughs> so then,
1: After that, um, we started going to St. Luke's, which was a Lutheran church across town.
2: Yeah. All right. All right.
1: (laughs) But that whole time between the two, uh, I actually, my brother and I um, did a inter-church youth group and uh, retreat, which was actually really cool. We had like 20 churches involved and I planned it from my freshman year onward. (laughs)
2: i'm shocked i'm not serious but yes
1: (laughs) i planned a weekend-long retreat uh twice a year for about a hundred people in a church in town um and that's what i did and it was a lot of fun and i had a lot of fun doing it um and then i went to college (laughs) i was the evil new englander who was the heretic because oh. I was from New England. And you know, only the sinful are from there. And also, I was a woman.
0: Know. I'm glad I'm I know. still know. Also,
1: mm-hmm. also, I was a woman. And um, I actually expressed my opinions and stood up for the people in the Bible study. They gave me authority to lead. Um, And when I said no, I think that would hurt some of the girls in my group. I was told that I was a heathen and kicked out. So, I have a great relationship with things after that I got really excited when um after college and actually when I moved down here I joined the church I did because they looked at me and were like you're really good at this instead of being like how dare you tell me I was wrong (laughs) it's a nice
3: change I have a question. Um, Let's go back to your family and like your grandmother and your parents and stuff. And my question pertains to how did your family in particular, get involved in Christianity because, and maybe this is a stupid white girl question because I know like we have the Latinos and it's typical for them to be involved in church and we have the black people and that's typical for them to be in church, but it's not necessarily typical for indigenous to be in a Christian church. And I know that there are, indigenous in Christian churches but it's not a common thing that's talked about I don't think and especially for someone like you that's white passing and if your whole family is white passing I'm I'm just curious about that because growing up in the community that I grew up in everything all the towns around me sounded had indigenous names <laughs> but I didn't know any indigenous people at all because sadly all those indigenous people were either killed off or they moved off moved away and we were just left with the town names so i'm just curious though about how if you know how did your family come involved in christianity
1: so there's some awkwardness there yeah (laughs) it's uh not fully by choice okay Um, so the thing is, is a lot of the people who you see are openly indigenous and actually like connect with the tribes and all that. Most of them, as you were saying, you don't really hear about them being churchy. Right. And a lot of that is because Christianity was forced on them and they were told if you didn't go to church, if you didn't cut your hair, if you didn't speak English, you were going to be beaten and raped and killed. Right. And if you tried doing your own culture... You're being a heathen and will kill you mm-hmm. So like the thing is Is that so a lot of the people Who have started to re, Like you know to take back their culture And start to actually try to prol- ugh, Proliferate it again Those people Were hurt so bad by the church That they're like uh oh, no Because mm-hmm. um, the thing is Once again it's you know Kind of like we've been talking about like in that Facebook group In general of like it's that over else like a lot of america Christ- american christianity is the um you know don't rock the boat mm. convert to not just convert to christianity but like convert to our exact lifestyle or else right so yeah. the thing is is that indigenous people are one of the people that actually got that like the worst um i'm not you know there are other minorities that also got it literally forced or die but Mm -hmm. the indigenous were one of them so like my grandmother actually growing up was catholic what a surprise (laughs) sorry um the missionary schools were jesuit catholic so (laughs) (laughs) because them french canadians so um but anyways um So a lot of them are like a lot of them were forced into it. And a lot of the people who were part of these Indian schools were forced into being Catholic or what other church was in their area that ran the school, usually Catholic. Um, And they were forced into that role. And once again, it was you convert to exactly what we tell you or we will beat it out of you. We will beat the native out of you and make you come out white. That was their goal. Um, And like, they would openly say this and openly do that. So like, it's, it's a huge thing for that. And so like, there are a lot of indigenous people and like also including some of the ones who, don't know that they are or like or aren't connected enough and so they still call themselves white you know that sort of thing they are often christian because of this situation um and then you know my grandmother thankfully she you know she got out of that but then she discovered god wasn't too bad (laughs) you know she had time away from the church she did she did she when she got out she got out for a while and then she recognized like you know getting over some of the trauma involved jesus is not bad and she came back um but uh like for example like my grandmother can't deal with anything catholic still because of the trauma related to catholicism and her upbringing um because like Thankfully, you know, there has been strides against this, but like there are still Indian schools today. And while they can't really beat the native out of you, they'll still make you feel like crap until you you toe the line.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, you mentioned a couple of times with the schools uh, about the cutting of the hair. And I know hair is very significant. Could you share some more about that?
1: So I know, at least for my tribe, uh, cutting your hair, your hair is sacred. That's actually why my hair is as long as it is. Um, Your hair is your life force. You know, uh, it is a significant part of you and it shows how alive you are. Obviously, you know, people's hair will grow to a certain length and stop uh, and like... In my tribe, you cut your hair if something horrible happens. So, like, if your spouse died, if a kid died, something like that. But it is considered part of your body. So, actually, if I cut my hair, I'm actually supposed to cauterize the wound with, like, fire or, like, a hot stone. So that way my soul doesn't leave. Huh. Like, it's, it's considered a just another, it's considered, like the way the world shows how alive I am. That's and so, awesome. yeah, so they would cut it. So, because, you know, it was a status, it's status signal, ugh, signal but like not fully, I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's weird.
2: <laughs> yeah. And did you, did you feel like, cause again, walking that line between assimilation or survival, really, it sounds like by blending in versus having this rich home life, where did you feel you know growing up or where'd you feel in church where you were able to was it just oh you know it's just hair at church or or like was there ever, ever attention there
1: um I have always I'm lucky in the fact that I you know I'm I'm, I'm born born a girl so having long hair isn't weird Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my mom would just get sad every time my brother would choose to cut his hair because, you know, she'd be like, you know, you can have long hair, right? And he'd be like, no, 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 I gotta fit in. And my mom's just like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. and but like, you know, my hair has always been long. Um, it's always been long. Last time I cut it was actually I did cut it when I got got out of a really bad relationship as once again, a way of mourning that relationship. And those years that I lost through being in a bad relationship, um, but now that I've been feeling healthier, I've been growing it out again. Um, and so, like, I have been doing my best to like use that as a way to continue honoring myself and my and my my past and my culture.
0: That's awesome. so interesting. Like hearing you talk about the the significance of hair and like just thinking about like, it makes me think like, is something like that is something that is appropriated or like whitewashed because you hear it, like people cut their hair, you know, as like a way to, you know, a new me or especially getting out of a bad relationship. I mean, it was like something that i did and that's not even realizing that it has indigenous roots and so like i'm hearing you say that and it's like i'm i'm learning all about these things so i'm curious like are there i'm sure there's many like a whole list but are there is there are there other things that you find um are commonly like appropriated
2: spirit
1: animals sorry
0: um
2: i'm waiting for us to talk about that <laughs> go for it yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so like the thing is, is first of all <laughs> once again not every tribe has spirit animals. Thank you. So it's really somewhat annoying being like, oh, my gosh, look at my spirit animal. And then, like, they're wearing a headdress, which not every tribe has. And are like, I'm so Native. And I'm like, shut up. If you were actually Native, you would know why this is wrong. I'm saying that for all the people who think they're Pocahontas, because Pocahontas wasn't her name. Anyway, so... um but like I I, I've mentioned I think earlier I actually do have have a spirit animal I actually had to do this really weird ceremony for it I'm gonna be totally honest the whole time I was like what am I doing (laughs) and like the medicine man was like breathe your soul into this turtle shell and I'm like I'm doing what (laughs)
2: That sounds a lot like my fraternity initiation, but that's, that's another topic.
1: But yeah, um, it's actually really cool because it was, it was a, a really, but like, you know, after the shock of, I just brewed my soul into a turtle shell. Uh, Cause that's weird. <laughs> I'm just going to be real. That was weird. Um, after um, he explained it, I was like, wait, this actually makes perfect sense. Um, you know, I'm not a, a woo sort of person. I don't believe that rocks and crystals are gonna save me Um, but at the same point, you know, paul does say That there is wisdom and there is god truth in multiple avenues Mm -hmm. We do need to be careful and not just be like yo, this is all real But the thing is he also says it also says in the bible that every tongue and every people will know him in some way Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how it works I'm not God, I don't try to but I can see how there is an avenue to God through this situation because mm-hmm. they they aren't doing it to be like woo or to be like witchy and sudden spirits, they're doing it to communicate with nature and try to hear what the world is saying which God's the world yeah, <laughs> You know, like, I don't know exactly how it works. I've not said that anything I'm saying right now is the truth, but it makes sense to me in some weird way. So let's go with it. Um, <laughs> and so like, you know, like my, my tribal name is uh, Maminguakwe, uh, which means butterfly woman. And that's, uh, that's also my spirit animal. A butterfly? Yeah, it's a butterfly. I love it. And it was cool because he was Explaining it to me the medicine man was And he was like Most people are not afraid of butterflies And Most people like them like little kids will be like Ah beetle but then butterflies They'll chase it and butterflies Don't care they don't run away from anything They just do their own thing They go after their own path and everyone who Sees them is inspired and Follows And I was like that's really deep, for the fact that I just breathed into a shell. <laughs> um, and like the thing is that it's really hit me, um, because once again we talked before. I'm anagram a e t n j. I'm loud, brash, and I don't care. So that kind of fits. <laughs> In the (laughs) most obnoxious way It actually fits And like I hate like uh, Part of me always hates talking about it Because I feel like so self-centered And so like I'm awesome But like the thing is Is that It It makes sense based on life experiences And it would take way too long To go through the laundry list To prove like the 10 million like red strings To make this theory make sense So (laughs) um but so there's spirit animals uh you don't have a spirit animal you either have a fursona or you have an inspiration Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with having a fursona don't be weird about it though (laughs) (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with saying tina belcher is my inspiration but she ain't your spirit animal right um or like people who say like my Indian name is runs with bulls. I'm like, no, oh, your Indian name is suck up your butt. Um, or
2: <laughs> you shut them down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, or, you know, we were talking about dream catchers earlier. Like mm-hmm. I had this lady once at a job, like someone like put out, like, little tchotchke dollar key dream catchers like it's christmas gifts and like i took them both and i threw them in the garbage (laughs) right in front of her and she's like are you are you one of those leftist woke kids and i'm like no i'm indigenous and this is offensive she's like you're one of those leftist woke annoying people you just get offended by everything you snowflake i'm like no that's offensive (laughs)
2: Talk, yeah talk more uh, that, about that. like is it is it is it hard since people don't necessarily read you as indigenous is it hard to be heard when you're speaking up about indigenous stuff
1: it can be um because i always like have to prove myself like one time i was trying to say a very basic thing on facebook which is like the worst i just shouldn't have done it i should know better um but I did and like they got so bad with their harassment about it that they I literally had to show my tribal ID to somebody to prove that I was real and they still sent me like harassing DMs for a week straight after that argument threatening me wow. because I said that their dream catcher was fake. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, it is it is very difficult. It also gives me a lot of imposter syndrome.. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of imposter syndrome. And like the thing is is that like once again, I always have to remind myself, my mom would also be like, "Look at your jaw bones. Those are indigenous. And like I actually looked up a picture of like Ojibwe like women, and like the first thing looks like me. Like Is my twin <laughs> and I just have to keep looking at it And being like it's real And like I have the thick Indigenous hair and like I have to keep Reminding myself of the fact that I am valid and real And it's not my fault That my people Were culturally genocided And it's not my fault that like Manifest Destiny decided to kick my People's butt Like mm-hmm. I have to keep reminding myself Of that but it is It's a huge struggle. Um, I am in a group with a lot of other, you know, black and indigenous people of color, and I actually even help lead it. And it's very annoying when other groups try to chat and they're like, your leader is Elizabeth Warren. And I'm like, oh, Excuse you?
2: And they're, they're basically <laughs> saying that you, like, have some very insignificant amount of indigenous... That I
1: am, like, practically doing the indigenous version of black fishing. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse you? Like, no, I am not a, like, Pocahontas princess. I am not a Cherokee princess, because there's no such thing as a Cherokee princess. Anyone who calls himself that is lying. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I am not a Cherokee princess. Like, I am a legitimate, like this people group are like my favorite is one person told me you can't be indigenous you're too eloquent which is racist oh. on multiple Damn. levels don't, like don't first really of that. all <laughs> you're A saying favorite. that indigenous people can't talk good not <laughs> <but> on purpose <laughs> and also <sighs> that like yeah you're saying that i can't be well spoken Actually, that same conversation, they told me I had to be an evangelical cishet white male because there's no way that an indigenous woman would actually be that well-spoken.
2: Wow. Awesome. They just went ahead and owned all of the privilege. They just huh? love it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they told me I had to be because I couldn't be that well-spoken. I also couldn't be that aggressive in in defending myself.
2: Wow.
1: Only white men are that assertive.
2: I love it. A white man?
1: You know, I'm strangely, no, um, I think, I think, hold me on this. It was a white Wiccan.
2: Oh. While I was oh. explaining
1: to them that, um, no, you can't use white sage. For your right. techniques, because white sage also. is also like in it, like it's an endangered plant. And the only people that know how to farm it without destroying the crop are indigenous people. So once again, also, if you're buying white sage from anyone other than an actual indigenous person, they're actually destroying the crop.
2: Right. And, I, and I'm hearing that there's actually a, a shortage of it right now because it's popular air quotes and, you know, people are wiping out the, the species. You know.
1: Yeah, they are. They are actively destroying the species uh, because, once again, they're trying to overcrop it because it's white girl popular right now. Sounds um, about white. Sounds about white. Um, and
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've never done sage. Never had sage. So I had a roommate that did it once. That was years ago, and he was um, pagan. So.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the thing is is that once again like white pagans have their own cultures that they can take stuff from european
2: history that like like, oh let's skip over that
1: you know the irish and the scottish and the norse and the germans like there are so many cool like old religions you can look at and take cool things from why you got to take it from like the two that we ask you to not yeah i know that's why is because you were told not to and like manifest <laughs> destiny is so strong in the white subconscious that you have to do it. But like just just two things. It's just like it's just like the second. Yeah. Sorry if this is a bit uh um it's just like the you know, the moment you tell a, a, a white dude that he can't say the n-word, that's all he
3: wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I find it interesting how white people have appropriated things from cultures that we have oppressed so poorly so much, you know, we pick and choose what we want from those cultures like the dream catchers ooh they're cute and they're they look good on my wall and you know in the sage oh i've got bad vibes going on in here there's bad you know so we've taken that the sage and we sage our houses now and stuff like that and it just to me i'm like what the hell are we thinking people like it's not our place especially to take things from cultures that we've oppressed
1: you know that's the thing is is that that's the half the fun of taking it over Mm. like i mean like look at rome yeah the the literal like like blueprint that america's copying um They took over all these cultures and they like, you know, they took over the Greeks, like before Greece, before they took over Greece, Roman religion was actually more of just every, every living thing had like a spirit or God related. Not like most of them were small, but like, you know, there was the river God and then your next door neighbor's river God. And then like that tree versus that tree's God, like that's how they kind of did it. And then after they took over the Greeks, they're like, yo, this story stuff's fun. And they took over Greek mythology and turned it into Roman mythology. Like they're like, this stuff's fun, and they just took all those stories and took them over, and like they messed them up because oh my gosh, Hera is so much more fun than the Roman version because they tried to like make her like more morally cool because the goddess of of marriage should be more morally uptight instead of I'm gonna freaking kill my husband. Um, which which is,
2: is which is the objectively better version?
1: Yeah. So, like, the say. thing is, is like, once again, they did like the uh, the Christian movie redo mm-hmm, of of like all the cool Greek mythology stuff.
2: <laughs> Kirk so Cameron course,
3: coming yeah, this exactly. summer. Kirk Cameron s Zeus
1: yeah like that's what they did
3: (laughs) they like they took all the really
1: cool greek mythology stories and they were like okay but like how can we make it 10 times less fun and like they totally like jesusized it like the Mm. all the um oh my gosh all the song parodies how can we make this hip hop song acceptable for youth group? Mm-hmm. Um Kids make it about
2: Christian and do it off off beat.
1: You know it. <laughs> um, that's exactly what they did. And like they did that with everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. and so, you know, they did that and then they ruined everything they touched. Like, why'd you gotta make Egypt white? But anyway, um, <laughs> so they 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 went to town and did that and like they assimilated the parts they liked and they got rid of the rest Mm -hmm. and then they made the people they stole everything from pay taxes um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and still going on right now well that's why i said we're copying the blueprint um so we we're doing it um and you know you take over this culture because they have the good land wonder why um that's that's
2: the way it went all over the world
1: yeah or you know like the fun thing of the fact that the you know the americans uh, sorry the europeans came here and they're like wow it's amazing how these forests are so easy to walk through and you have all the helpful plants near the side of the walkway weird and like the the indigenous people were like it's like we did that on purpose.
3: It's like we've yeah. been doing this for hundreds of years. Right. Yeah,
1: it's like just part. because we didn't till the land doesn't mean we weren't doing social planning. Mm. Um, and, and instead, now we have this narrative that all indigenous people were um, nomadic people groups, like Cahokia didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Aztecs didn't have cities. And but no, no, no. We're all nomads who followed the bison. Right. Um, and
2: lived in teepees. Don't forget that part.
1: And um, my favorite is someone from where I work told me, or like, be like the Indians, where once someone got lazy or got too injured to keep walking, you gave them a beer and threw them out in the back for them to die. And I was like, <laughs>
2: holy... Right. Not, not gonna bite my lip, but also gonna bite my lip because right. this is gonna get ugly.
1: Yeah, because um, I need this money. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I, I mean, that's real, though, right? Like yeah. we could we could disrupt all yeah. the systems, but then we also have to survive and have income and, and keep. Yeah, I
1: got in a fight with um, obviously now an ex-boyfriend in college because he got mad at me and one of my best friends at the time because she was venting to me about a sexist professor. OK, and I was like, uh, you know, I was just listening being like, you're right, that sucks, man. We should go get drinks after this. You've had a bad day. Yeah. And he was like, why didn't you fight him? And like, got so mad. And like, that actually ended up being the argument that led to us breaking up. It was because I was like, I'm sorry. You're going to blame the two of us who are the mm-hmm. ones dealing with this every day for not fighting it every second of our lives. Yep. Right. She needs to pass this class. Yep. She'll write a scathing review and probably report them after the semester, but she's got to pass the class first. Mm. Um, And it's, it's things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the also sucky things about being white passing is that they think that you're in on it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, you know, they will tell you all the racist, racist Mm -hmm. jokes and you sit there and you're like, you're my boss.
0: Yeah. I get that too. (laughs) I get yeah. that too,
1: or like white passing, like hearing all the things like that you would never say.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Oh my gosh. I left a job before over that because he, he actually sat there and he was like, well, if the natives didn't want to keep getting killed by the government, they should oh stop fighting gosh. at the pipeline. And I'm sitting there and oh. then like in the same office as him. And I'm like, I'm getting paid, I'm getting paid, I'm getting paid, I'm getting paid, I'm writing my resignation letter, I'm getting paid.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, writing my resignation let's, uh, let's unpack that a little bit because I had friends who who went um, went and protested at the pipeline, um, but it also intersects with um, like what you were saying about how whiteness says, you know, resist and fight and you have the right to, to make a big stink. But, you know, if you're Black or Indigenous, Um, in your presentation, then you know that's a ticket to death Mm -hmm. or at least to jail for the rest of your life. Um, And it it just makes me think about the ways that, again, you know, we just had this thing, this insurrection in the nation's capital, whereas people who've been protesting, you know, the poisoning of the the land and the water, people have been protesting um, uh, the way indigenous folks are actually even more likely to be killed by police than black folks, but because there's such a smaller percentage of the population and because of the, the weird things that happen when if you're part of and you should totally correct me, but like if you're part of a tribe, like they don't always count things in the U.S. government statistics the same way and like deaths don't get charted the same, something but all that to say that these two groups are are in imminent danger at the hands of of police and, and, and effectively our government. How how has the Black Lives Matter conversation been? What have you seen? Where do you where do you resonate with that? What's, tell me about that?
1: It's been very it's been a very full part of my life since it started. You know, because once again, as I said at the beginning, I am close enough related that I understand truly why it's an issue, but I'm pale enough to be annoying. And that's been my mindset since this all has been started. Thing is that I'm not the loudest because right now, like I've been having a lot of health issues and I have been so, you know, unfortunately, I can't just be like, screw (laughs) y'all. I'm going to fight the power. Um, But I have been trying my best to help where I can. Um, It actually goes back to the fact that, you know, I got my degree, you know, I said other things, but I truly, my focus was actually community management and community building. And I did that on purpose because I wanted to create communities that actually, you know, are community focused. Mm -hmm. i want to help with that building and like you know actually focusing on the the groups that we had and as i mentioned at the beginning i worked at a domestic violence shelter going back to the statistics thing did you know that all middle eastern people are counted as white to the u.s census
2: i did and i think it is
1: messed up
2: i think we talked about that <laughs> last week
3: yeah,
1: yeah it, it is uh, it's just it's something that is like i remember when i heard it it shook me to my core and i was like that's just that is wrong mm-hmm. you know there there's no other word for it like it is just unbelievably wrong and because like these are people that are receiving such a large percentage of the hate crimes especially with the whole post 9 11 world that we're in and yet they aren't can't be counted because they're counted as white so you know if, if they aren't considered as white then we can't do anything for them and it's it's really it's really stressful in that regard um but um moving on to some other things like that statistic you were saying about police brutality with indigenous people is actually another reason why outside the home I had to pretend I was white. Mm-hmm. Because my mom's like, You're not going missing. No. Because if the doctors find out, if the police find out you're native, you will go into a room and not come out. Mm-hmm. You will go in to see the doctor and not leave. And like that's just something that like sh- I was hammered into my head was like you hide it when you're near a professional because if they find out you don't leave. Yeah. Um. There was a court case a bit back that would my mom brings up a lot in regards to this topic of like can't remember the name because I'm bad at memorization but basically the the main thing that stands out is the fact that the judge um. There's a woman, a um, woman had a kid and the kid had a kid anyways. Um, and the granddaughter was sterilized as a kid and found out when she grew up and, you know, then tried to sue saying, yo, I was sterilized as a kid. What the heck? And the judge actually said three generations of idiots is enough. You deserve this. Wow. And wow. they use that as justification for sterilizing native kids because a petty crime their grandparents did, like stealing bread because they were hungry, right. justifies their kid getting sterilized as a kid because three generations of idiots is enough. We can't let them breed because That's of eugenics. Way. Eugenics! Yeah. Um, so that um, was is something like... And in more recent times, my mom and I, I visited my mom on a day off and her and I actually sat on the couch and literally laughed out loud for about 10 minutes straight talking about the COVID vaccine and how Pfizer doesn't understand why they can't get black or native testers. No way. Right. No native and black people not wanting to try a vaccine. There's
2: a no bit of a trust issue there
0: right mm-hmm.
2: there's, there's some you... history there
0: yeah like let's let's unpack that a little bit right like why <laughs> didn't you think <laughs> like mm, I
1: don't did know. we forget that part of history yeah did you forget all the tests right. you did on us without any uh, medication because <gasps> native people don't feel pain and that's why they don't get painkillers and that's why mm-hmm. they're currently have an opioid crisis because they all got addicted to the painkillers because they didn't think they deserved them. That's anyway.
2: Right. Um, oh, no, you're, you're, you're speaking good stuff. The, yeah, the yeah. medical racism <laughs> is totally a thing. There's some great yeah. books about it. I think you can just search medical racism. But m- you know, again, many people yeah. don't hear these stories. Yeah, and it's, and it's just got to focus on the gospel.
1: Yeah, the gospel and it's
2: going to fix it all.
1: And the thing is, is that You know, it's just, there's so many levels of distrust that were caused by, you know, a lot of people ask me when I was growing up and they were like, well, how can you be part of the church that hurt you? Mm. And, you know, I was like, thing is, is that God is better. You know, God is better. And also there's the fact that like... What happened every single time that the church has messed up, it's because of people. Mm -hmm. It isn't because of God. It's because somebody, the church became a way for social and political action. Mm -hmm. um, And people decided to use that to hurt instead of help. Mm -hmm. You know, people decided to use the church as a status symbol rather than. As their avenue for you know activism so the people you know it goes back to the Catholic Church and the um, you know the whole selling of salvations mm-hmm. like it goes all the way back to that it's some rich a little bit uh, of some uh, ambitious dumb um, nut <laughs> decided to use his power his position in the church to put down the person who made him mad instead of lifting up those who needed his help. Mm -hmm. And that's what has warped also. It continues to today. It's what warped American Christianity into American Christianity was the idea of, no, I'm only going to help those I like instead of those I don't. Or no, I'm going to make it so what I'm doing is acceptable even if I'm doing a sin. Or no, I'm only obviously god prefers whites like it is the twisting of the fact that jesus loves us all into no somehow i know the bible better than jesus and therefore my interpretation is the only way there it is um it's it's a huge selfish and like small-minded and um You know, it's, it's a huge, like they'll never admit it, but like the whole, like becoming Jesus, like I know the best. I am the only one with the answers and I can't be wrong. Instead of seeing that there's so much grace and so much amazingness and so much like freedom and recognizing that I know nothing and that I am dumb and that I don't know the answers. And that's really cool because I don't have to. Instead they think, no, I have to know. And I have to be correct. And they don't recognize that it hurts so much more to make a box than it does to make a doorway.
3: Mm. Amen. Preach.
1: Um, And so like, you know, that's how I always understood it. Like the Bible verse actually, that made me want to be christian for myself instead of just i go to church because the friends are there was actually uh first john three eighteen, which was dear children let us not merely say we love each other let us show the truth by our actions and like that was the moment i was like wait god just wants me to love people that's it that's all i gotta do is just be loving and like be nice to people i can do that much And, like, from there, I was able to, you know, expand and grow and understand. But, like, it's just the pains of the the painful, horrible things that the church has done to God were entirely done because of small minded people who didn't know how to step outside themselves and instead just lashed out at anyone who disagreed instead of people who wanted to actually help and unite and talk and it's just and the thing is is that that has caused never-ending damage that can never fully be redeemed because it is an action that was taken by human folly um, instead of an action that was done through God's divine grace. And so it just, it hurts. It hurts so, so much. But at the same point, it is once again, just a sign. When you see God flourishing in, sp- in spite of that, then you know God is ready to still kick butt. Because Absolutely. God is flourishing in these hurt communities, in, um, you know, despite of the fact that the church community as large right now doesn't want God to actually be doing his job.
2: Come on now. <laughs> <you go>. Great <laughs>
1: um, so it's, it's, it's really, it's harmful and it's really hard and it's going to take a lot of accepting that we're a bunch of people who naturally like to hurt each other and understanding and being willing to be the person to say you know what I messed up and I hurt you and that sucked and like the hurts I did are things that are irredeemable and they were entirely out of the hubris that I was the one who knew best and that's really the only way to like and do it for every single horrible thing that you've done and that's really the only thing that can be done, but that takes a lot of being the bigger person and being able to see that fessing up is actually, like, feels really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, as someone who is pale, who has been forced to pass as white for safety reasons, I have definitely said some racist things. Um, I have definitely have. I mean... I grew up in a white community. Like it happens. But the thing is, is once again, my mom is, is an amazing mom. Like I, I, I 100% stand my own mother. All right. <laughs> I love it. I stand my mom in every way. I will <laughs> preach about how much I love my mom all day. Um, and like, one of the things is just like, my mom also sat me down at 13. She's like, yo. One, you're going to have depression. It sucks, but it runs in the family. So here's your, uh, here's your symptom list. Let me know when you have two. We'll sign you up for therapy. Um, but then she immediately was like, and I also want you to know, I love you. You're my kid, and I will love you no matter what you do. I've done a little bit too much to give up now. <laughs> I went through a lot for you, okay? it hurt birthing
0: hurts
1: (laughs) you know but she was like but so so like that you're not losing me but no one else has to give a single crap about you in this entire world Mm. no one else has to care like really like they don't if you are an absolute rude jerk to everyone you see no one's gonna talk to you and that's your own dang fault and I don't even care I will not help you so you know what but the thing is you're gonna be a jerk sometimes and you know she's like you know and you have I have I also have Tourette's and she's like you're gonna be impulsive you have Tourette's you're gonna be impulsive (laughs) you're gonna say some horrible things on accident (laughs) but if you fess up the moment you realize it that'll help it also, not just fess up, not just be like, whoops, but then, like, you know, my mom sat down and taught me how to make a real apology of, like, you fess up, you own up, like, it's not just, whoops, I said I was rude, it was, hey, I was rude, you know, I said that in anger and it definitely was not justified. I understand that I really hurt you due to the fact that that's a sensitive topic for you. And I actually like really, really didn't mean to go there. Um, but I did. And the thing is, is that my impact is so much more important than my intents, and I caused you severe issues. I'm going to be working on removing that language from my vocabulary. Please hold me accountable, but no, it may take time. I really do apologize. And I hope you're patient with me. Thank you. I hope y'all
0: just took notes.
2: That, <laughs> that, was, that should be required. That was a whole word. I, I every everybody single. should have took notes I just name now. name what the impact was. Love it. I heard mm. it. committing to doing better. I heard mm. an ask for accountability uh-huh. and then repeating that, you know, that you own like how mm-hmm. how you.
1: Yeah, my action system. is my action, even if it was caused by, you know, the impulsiveness of my mental health issues. I still did it. My body did the thing. You know, like even if it was not my intention, I still did the thing. Um you know, if there have been times where you know, once again we're talking about race that like I have been quicker to criticize my black coworkers than I have my paler ones. The moment I recognize this, I turn to them and I'm like, yo, I've realized I've been holding you to a higher standard. That's garbage. I should not be doing that. I know you're held to a higher standard all the time, and that's garbage. I am doing the wrong thing. I'm going to be working on it, but I know it's going to take time to unlearn that process as it's something that has been ingrained in me. Please be patient with me while I learn to unwork it, and please call me out if you think I'm being unjust. I'm working on it. Thank you.
2: That's good. You mean you didn't also ask them to tell you you're not a bad person and you're not really a racist <laughs> and you, you didn't do You that. know, white take care of f- me
1: they sustain me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what I'm drinking right now oh. out of this big, big water bottle.
1: But I tell a lot of people too, of like, you know, people who were then, um, you know, cause I mentioned that POC, like the black and indigenous people, a color group that I help out with. And I explained to a lot of people who come to us, I'm like, I am not your therapist. And I'm not your mommy. Um, I don't care what you're doing. You know, if you're if you're rude to me and I call it out, I don't need then to know your three books you're learning and oh my gosh, can you hold my hand while I learn about teepees? No, you do that yourself. I don't need your status updates. I will talk to you. I will continue to call you out when you mess up, and then you know what? I will know that you become a better person because I stop calling you
2: out. That one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll later. I but they watched a really good documentary on Discovery Channel this weekend. They have to tell you. Oh my gosh. You, you, you know what? what I'm gonna learned.
1: tell them all about um, you know, my cat's litter box situation. I took out this many. <laughs> 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 like like the thing is is that um as an indigenous person I'm always either the savage who is too rude, or I'm their squanto. Mm. who holds their hand and shows them how to not be stupid Mm. what do you mean you won't help me learn how to not be a racist no right no google exists
2: there there are so many books that have been written just in the last Twenty-four months. Yes, that can help everybody learn how to be an anti-racist.
0: But let's find books that are by you know people of color. Yeah, and, by actual. People not by you know One. white people that are profiting off of knowledge that they took One. from us. So just make sure that you actually do research also on the artist, on the on the author, to make sure that you're supporting people of color. Had to throw that out there.
3: I think and I for for just those of you. You can't see Darren is like falling out of his chair in laughter right now, which is I hysterical. Him. I, killed... I killed him.
2: Oh. I died, but I resurrected. I oh, died, Jesus. but with the power I of Jesus. Jesus he came
1: Oh, um, I think i like do. Oh, go ahead. Kicked, Sorry. I got kicked out of a youth group once for fighting a uh, Baptist youth pastor who told me that Jesus was the only person who had ever been raised from the dead when I mentioned Lazarus existed. <gasps> and then I got kicked out of that church.
2: Oh, <laughs> um, that's a good, that's a good reason. That's a good reason. Some of reason. us just got a friend... out
1: of a youth group. I mean, out of whole... Facebook
3: groups, but you Wait. can yeah, get
1: and... out of a whole church. Yeah. And then <laughs> and my, um... my friend, who I was sleeping over with that night, and the reason I went to that youth group, her family left that church the night. Good for them. (laughs) Because I told the mom what happened. She's like, "He did what?"
2: Good for them.
1: That is that is
0: great. That is using your privilege Mm -hmm. for
2: the betterment of everybody.
0: Yeah, conversation has been great. I've like, I'm just like amazed at. Everything that you've shared and I'm so appreciative of like your stories and sharing your family history and, and just the vulnerability like
2: ability in that. Yes,
0: yes I am yeah. so grateful, like just sitting yeah. here, just in awe of just things that, you know, I weren't I wasn't aware of and now realizing yeah. things that I can do better um, and do my own research. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful and appreciative of you taking the time to share your story with us. For those of you that have tuned in, we're so grateful that you're here and that you're supporting us. Um our contact information is in the show notes. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and we hope to see you next week or hear from us next week as we continue the conversation about race and the church and how we can evolve and move forward.
1: I remember seeing like a year or so ago um, this, you know, meme that was just a Twitter post (laughs) Um, that was like, um, you know, Fox News talks about how the future the liberals want are gay cyborgs. And then I had a moment realizing that I just had back surgery and became a cyborg.